Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Unanimous. Nothing personal word of the day for September 16, 2020 is unanimous. Yeah, it happened. The Big Ten, remember we talked about the hot mic yesterday in Nebraska saying there's going to be a big announcement. Well, the big announcement came. The Big Ten is back. That means football in Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, Nebraska, Rutgers, 14 of the teams. What happened? How did it work? They made a huge announcement. So it's not just that the Nebraska leak happened. What happened is they put together this task force on returning to competition. And when the presidents and chancellors voted 11 to 3 not to play, what they didn't expect was the amount of pushback they got. We touched on it yesterday, and we said that it looks like they're going to have to give in. It looks like not because of the lawsuit from the Nebraska players, not because of the phone call with the president, but the overall feeling that every other conference would follow what the Big Ten did when it only ended up being the Pac-12. When that happened, you knew that was the beginning of the end for the Big Ten not playing fall sports. So what they did is they had to find a way, and this interests me, they had to find a way to make an announcement to make it clear that they were right when they chose to postpone fall sports. And there's been some change and that change has made them able to now change their vote. Otherwise you wouldn't get a president of a university in the big 10 to go back on his or her previous vote. There had to be a change to the status quo. We imagine what that change could be when the Wisconsin chancellor said yesterday that there's going to be better testing, better contact tracing, We've made great strides setting up her change of vote. So when it was announced today, I was not in the least bit surprised. But what was interesting is what the Big Ten did. They released a huge statement as though they were trying to explain why it is that you should believe them that intellectually speaking, it was okay for this new decision to be made because there have been enough discoveries to give them the proper cover. So they put together almost a three-page release about what they did. And they started the release by saying the Big Ten Council, which is all the presidents and chancellors, they started the release not by saying we're back, Remember the famous Michael Jordan when he came back from retirement? You saw it on The Last Dance if you didn't live through it. It was a simple fax back then that said, I'm back. They could have just done a we're back. They could have lauded and celebrated. But they went right into the fact that the Big Ten has adopted significant medical protocols, including daily antigen testing, enhanced cardiac screening, enhanced data-driven approach 
Why do they use the adjective enhanced? Because there had to be the change from when they voted not to play to when they voted to play. The Big Ten then talks about that they're going to be requiring daily testing. Student athletes, coaches, trainers, they call them student athletes. Anybody on the field, anybody tests positive, they won't be able to play. They talked about the different types of tests they're going to give. They then said that we're all very proud of the groundbreaking steps that are being taken to protect the health and safety of the athletes. Hmm. That's the chair of the Return to Competition Task Force Committee, the head team physician of the Ohio State University, talking about how everyone needs to be proud and should be proud talking about the cardiac registry because they want to make sure their students and their athletes don't get myocarditis. I was reading this and I was thinking to myself that if the Big Ten is doing this, what did they not do that the SEC did faster? Why did they believe that circumstances weren't good enough a month ago, but now they are? And did the SEC do all of those extra steps before they announced that they weren't going to delay their play? Or did the SEC ignore the fact that there needed to be improvements, but they're going to take advantage of all of these great improvements that the Big Ten says has happened? And then the SEC will adopt those improvements to make it even better for the SEC and the other Power Five conferences who are playing. It's not following for me. It's not making sense. I feel like the talking heads stop making sense. I recognize this was a straight business decision, which it was. The Big Ten recognized they could not sit in the background. I had an entire wait to see that they wouldn't be playing before Thanksgiving, which I've lost now because, you know, on wait to sees we're going to come back and tell you I did have a wait to see that the Big Ten wouldn't return until Thanksgiving. They're now returning the week of October 23rd to October 24th that weekend. I wish that we would have Jonathan Holloway back on the show. We may. We did the Samson sit down with the Rutgers president before they'd announced their postponement, certainly before they'd announced the change of heart. I want to hear from Jonathan. What convinced him? Is he willing to come on the show and answer on behalf of his fellow presidents and chancellors that there was that moment in the return to competition task force committee meeting, that paragraph in the report where the light bulb went off? Or is he willing to admit that it was budgetary. We could not make the numbers work and we were not willing to sit out the season. It wasn't going to happen. We have a Big Ten network. We have regular TV contracts. What is the Pac-12 going to do now? The Pac-12 has their commissioner. I think his name is Larry Scott. He came out and said, we can't return. We're in Oregon. We're in California. We do not have the support of our state and local public health officials, therefore making this political again. He says he wants to play. 
He hopes that their daily testing is enough to prove that it's safe to play. He's worried about the wildfires and the lack of good air quality. Baseball had to cancel a game yesterday between the Giants and the Mariners because of the poor air quality. We talked about that with the Niners. Remember when their air quality was 69 and if it gets to 200, they can't play? Well, in baseball, I guess it's closer to 200 and they're not playing. Let Pac-12 saying we couldn't play if even if we wanted to. Even in the absence of COVID, we wouldn't be playing. But the pressure that is being brought to bear when you have the president of the United States taking credit for any amount of help that he gave in bringing the Big Ten back, and you know that he's not using science, the pressure is enormous on these schools. And it's made even harder by the fact that it's not as though you've got employees who don't want to come to work. The athletes themselves have been dying to play. It's all bizarre to me when you've got schools where you're back in business, there are clusters of positive tests, and this isn't about whether there are 1,000 a day or 500 a day or 20 a day or whether or not someone got hit by a car and then the claim is they got killed by COVID. This isn't about that. Think about what's going on at LSU right now. Their coach... His name is Orgeron, Coach Orgeron. I can't remember his first name. I want to say Lou, but that's not right. That he was Ed. Yes, that is right. Thank you, Coca. He came out and said that all of his players in his mind have had COVID. And he thinks they're all recovered. They're in this 90-day period of testing. And he's excited they're all covered and they'll be ready to go for the game. Everyone looked at that quote and said, wait a minute. Every player on LSU or the majority of players, most players, Huh, that is scary. Why is he admitting that? Thank you for admitting that. But is that the right thing to admit and then have the Big Ten come back to play after we've had a weekend of college football to begin with? Well, it didn't take long for the LSU athletic director to speak up because he had to do some cover up. Scott Woodward is the name of the LSU athletic director, and he said that Coach Orgeron was too forthright, too transparent in saying most of the team has had COVID-19. What the hell are you talking about? Too forthright? That's right. We're in a society right now where lying's fine. Don't worry about science. Let's just lie. Fake it till you make it. Too transparent? This is a pandemic. It has nothing to do with the being the pandemic, as a matter of fact. What's wrong with being too transparent? That's why you're listening and watching nothing personal, because we're completely transparent, for better, for worse. Sometimes we miss on a segment, or sometimes I miss and need to be corrected. Too forthright? You're damn right we're too honest here. Nope, not admitting that. We're just honest. Maybe if a meteor is going to hit Earth... And it's going to be an extinction-level event, Ellie, like the movie Deep Impact. Maybe we don't want the government to be too honest because we want to enjoy our last 24 hours. So we don't want to know. I guess maybe in that case, it would be too honest. But I think there are people who want to know because they would change what they would do those last 24 hours. You certainly wouldn't sleep your eight hours, would you? It's a pretty bad look for the LSU athletic director to come out and say what he said. I'm calling you out, Scott Woodward. Just don't do that. Don't tell us that your coach is too transparent and too forthright. What you really mean to say is he's too accurate. 
by saying what he's saying. Big Ten is back. You know who's on vacation? The Big Ten is not anymore. The Los Angeles Clippers of Los Angeles are now on vacation. Magic Johnson tweeted congratulations to the Clippers and Lakers, how great it would be that they're in the conference finals, a battle of L.A. He then tweeted, don't make me a liar, Denver. Well, Denver made him a liar. The Denver Nuggets came back from a 3-1 deficit for the second time this postseason. They were down 3-1 to the Utah Jazz, won three in a row, won the series. They were down 3-1 to the Los Angeles Clippers, won three in a row, came back and won the series. Here's a little Marlins nugget for Marlins fans out there. Do you know what's cool about the 2003 postseason? Each of those series ended with a three-game winning streak in a row by the Marlins. They were down one nothing to the Giants and won three straight to win three to one. They were down three one to the Cubs, won three straight to win four to three. They were down two one to the Yankees and won three straight to win four to two. Winning three in a row in the playoffs is hard. To do it twice or three times is harder. In basketball, thank God for no home court. That would make it virtually impossible. But the Nuggets were clearly the better team. And what struck me about watching that game seven was not how good Jamal Murray is and how good uh, Jokic is. He's, he's the best passing center I've ever seen. He, is, he looks like he's plodding along. He doesn't look like an athlete. He takes these rainbow jump shots. He is very awkward in how he backs to the ba- his back to the basket game. But for whatever reason, he is incredibly effective. Had a triple-double. But what fascinated me watching the game is when one time only, and it was one time only, the cameras went to Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer was shaking his head under his mask. It was the fourth quarter. They were down 15. The game was over. And all I kept thinking about was what is in his mind. He had promised the world to himself and to Clippers fans. He had brought in Kawhi Leonard, traded for Paul George, traded away multiple first-round picks to get Paul George. Paul George had just given a quote after the game saying, hey, to us, it was not championship or bust. Talking about the lack of chemistry, the lack of spending time together, saying we've got to be together more as a team. Got to spend more time together. Steve Ballmer's listening to this and watching it after having paid what is now the second highest price for a franchise when he bought the Clippers for a little over $2 billion from Donald Sterling, only surpassed by the Mets deal and what Steve Cohn paid for the Mets. And he's got to be thinking to himself, is Doc Rivers the right coach? Is Elgin Baylor the right executive? Is Paul George the right number two superstar? What do we not have that teams like the Miami Heat have or the Denver Nuggets who he's seen are in the conference finals? It's pretty easy to see what the Lakers have. You can say they've got LeBron and Anthony Davis. What do I do if I'm Steve Ballmer? The first thing, Steve, if you're listening to nothing personal or watching on YouTube, is you do nothing today. You're way too emotional. You can't even do the 30-minute rule. You have to do the three-day rule. You have to do nothing. Don't make a decision on Doc Rivers. Don't make a decision on any of your players, your assistants, nothing. 
Nobody. Take three days and let the loss marinate through you and then crap it out and then you're done with it. But once you do that, do you start thinking about the fact that Doc Rivers has blown more 3-1 leads than any coach in playoff history? Three times in the playoffs, he's blown a three games to one lead. Do you start questioning the big haul that you gave away to get Paul George, who in the fourth quarter and in many games this season disappeared, literally disappeared? In theory, you could spend time deciding whether what you're going to do with your free agents. Are you willing to go over the luxury tax? It says here that Steve Ballmer, this is when I say it says here, this is what I'm saying. Steve Ballmer will spare no expense to win a ring. He is going to realize that he needs to do better. He will let his team go over the salary cap. He will let his team pay the tax. They are the team that in 50 years has not been to a conference finals. Forget winning an NBA title. 50 years. That is the greatest, longest streak in all four major sports. Doc Rivers has been coaching there since 2013, made the playoffs every year, but one maybe. Bunch of first round exits, bunch of second round exits. Doc Rivers isn't the problem. How he managed the team and the minutes was because his guys were gassed. He didn't use COVID as an excuse or leaving the bubble, but don't forget they had three players leave the bubble. They had a death in the family. They had a death in the friend of good friend. Remember the whole chicken wing strip club incident? That was all around the Lakers. A lot of distractions. They did load management with Leonard and George before COVID where they weren't seen a lot of time. And on CBS Sports HQ, we would talk about the fact, maybe even on Nothing Personal, Coca, that in basketball, having a team play together is how you are successful so that players know where their teammate's going to be without even looking. They know when their teammate's cutting to the basket or curling around off a screen for an open three. They feel it. They sense it. It was very telling, the most important play of the game last night. And it was uh, once the game had been decided. But Jokic is in the lane. He gets double teamed, as happened a lot. Doc Rivers did a double team scheme on Jokic. Jamal Murray's man had left him. Jamal Murray cuts to the hoop, which is what you're supposed to do in the real world of basketball. Instead of sitting there on the wing waiting to heave and chuck a three-pointer, when your man goes to a double team, you go to the rim. Jamal Murray goes to the rim. Jokic passes the ball over his head backwards. A perfect pass to Jamal Murray. That comes from playing together. The Clippers would be well-served to not think about load management. You've got to get Leonard and George on the same page because the disappearing act they had in the fourth quarter as an owner, I'm going to say I dismiss that as a one-off. I'm not going to pay attention to the 50-year drought. I'm not going to worry about Doc Rivers losing three out of four, uh, three one leads. I'm going to focus on the fact that we did not have the chemistry that the Nuggets had, the chemistry that the Heat have, and that chemistry comes with time. Paul George said it. We need time together. I don't like the first part of his quote where he said it was not championship or bust. I want players on my team where every year it's championship or bust, whether you're going to win 20 games or 80 games or 100 games in baseball or 40 games in basketball or 60 games. It should be championship or bust 
or don't be in the middle. Let it be lottery or bust. But don't finish in the seventh seed or the five seed or the two seed and lose in the second round and say, hey, it's all good. There's nothing good about that. Steve Ballmer's got some decisions to make. He's going to make them. You just wait. All right, when we come back, we're going to review a movie, another documentary. And we're also going to talk about the MLB postseason bubble and a firing that took place in Chicago. We will be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal on a random Thursday afternoon, September 16th. Today is not Thursday, Coca. Today is Wednesday. Sorry. Okay, got it. I'm reviewing a documentary. I've been watching a lot of them. This one is on Netflix or I think it's on Netflix. It's about Quincy Jones. Who knows Quincy Jones? Quincy Jones, the music producer. Quincy Jones, the father of the actress Rashida Jones. Quincy Jones, the man formerly married to many different women. Nothing. Ringing a bell. The guy who produced Michael Jackson. Nothing. If you've never heard of Quincy Jones, please watch the documentary Quincy. If you have heard of Quincy Jones, please watch the documentary Quincy. I'm watching all these documentaries about these music icons. We've talked about Clive Davis. We've talked about Bob Dylan, Tom Petty. Now we're talking about Quincy Jones. It's incredible. The talent that they have, you can't teach it. You can't learn it. You either have it or you don't. 
could spend five minutes singing the songs that Quincy Jones produced and wrote and was a part of. Just watch the entire documentary. It will be shocking to you as it is when you watch these documentaries about what these people have done who you didn't realize they had done it. Quincy is just that. It's fascinating. His family, he asks, what can't he do? Because he can do everything, right? He plays instruments. He can do everything. They talk about this a little bit in the documentary. He's asked, is there one thing that you cannot do? He deadpans and looks at the camera and says, marriage. Okay, I also want to mention, if you didn't see on Twitter, Instagram, I got a surprise. Here it is. You ready? If you're listening to this, then go to YouTube at Nothing Personal with David Sampson. If you're watching this, I just put on a hat. I put this on Instagram at David P. Sampson or on Twitter at David P. Sampson with a line from a movie. Mr. Tilney, have a care with my name. You will wear it out. That is a line delivered by Judy Dench in Shakespeare in Love. She won the supporting actress for that. This is the hat worn by Mr. Tilney when he went into the theater at the end of the play in Shakespeare in Love when Gwyneth Paltrow played Juliet as a woman. When you're not allowed to be a woman, it had to be all men dressed as women back in those days in England. In the name of her holy majesty, we are shutting down the theater. I saw this for sale in a prop memorabilia store. I immediately bought it because I love it. So this was actually used in the movie by, it's a hat, it's, it's made out of, it's not, it's not that heavy. And it's got foam in here, so it fits around like on a helmet. And this was actually used in Shakespeare in Love. So I want to say Simon Cowell, the actor, used it, but it's either him or the other eight people in his army who walked into the theater, but that's the scene it's from. So I'm doing the rest of the show with my Shakespeare in Love hat. If you haven't seen Shakespeare in Love, please see it, but see Quincy first. Okay. Coca, can I leave the hat on? Because this is a pretty serious subject. Can you take me seriously in this hat? I don't know if you can. I don't really look that terrible in it. It looks a little big. In the name of Her Majesty. Anyway. We had a firing yesterday. I don't mind. Firings are good for nothing personal. I'm sorry for people when they get fired. But when they do it to themselves, I actually cannot figure out when that's going to stop. And I'm sitting here with a microphone every day. I totally get that. I'm one sentence away from being done, but it's not in my vocabulary. It wouldn't occur to me, if you're firing me because you don't like my points of view on something, that's on you. I'll get another job, another platform. If you fire me because I say something wrong and get canceled, that's on me. Dan McNeil, a popular radio host in Chicago for 670 The Score, sent a tweet out watching the football game Monday night. The sideline reporter is named Maria Taylor. Dan McNeil sent out a tweet that said, NFL sideline reporter? or a host for the AVN Annual Awards presentation. AVN stands for Adult 
video network. Could that be it, Coca? It, it's the porn industry. They have conventions in Vegas. I was in Vegas one time when the convention was happening. They've got an entire sort of pavilion where you can go, and it's like a, uh, an expo. Yes, I went. He was commenting because he thought that the outfit that Maria was wearing belonged as a porn star outfit versus a sideline reporter outfit. He deleted the tweet soon after, and it was too late. So here's what happened. He works for a company called Intercom, E-N-T-E-R-C-O-M, and they fired him. And then they had their regional president give a big statement and talk about why. And I want to read you this because this is an example of how to do a statement. You, you like it when I tell you it's bad, and I'm going to be honest. When they're good, they're good. Dan McNeil is no longer an employee at the score. For each one of us, words have power. For our brands and on-air personalities, that is amplified and brings increased responsibility how we choose to use our voices. Last night's tweet and its degrading and humiliating tone to a fellow female broadcaster was unacceptable. We have the best teams in Chicago, and we must continue to hold ourselves in high expectations to continue to be leaders in our organization, our industry, and our community. We apologize to all who were offended by Dan's words, especially Maria. A two-paragraph statement. You start with the end. Dan McNeil was fired. And you end it with the apology for those who were offended, especially Maria Taylor. What is it when you have a full career and it ends like that? We talked about it with Tom Brenneman, the broadcaster for the Cincinnati Reds. Long career. And then done. What goes through your mind when you're sending a tweet? Do you take a breath? We reviewed the social dilemma on yesterday's Nothing Personal, and we know that the feeling of sending a tweet releases dopamine because you know you're going to get likes, you're going to get a reaction, you get something in your heart that moves, something in your brain, the chemistry. When you are a person in public, and you've got a bigger platform. Remember, we talked platform at the beginning of uh, when, after George Floyd was murdered. Everyone's got a platform. I don't care if you have four followers. If you tweet something like what Dan McNeil tweeted and you keep it in your Twitter column, people will eventually see it. Something can go viral and get millions of views when you only have 10 followers. Why is it that people are not taking a minute to think? Is it because Dan McNeil thought there was nothing wrong with that tweet? Isn't that the problem? I try to tweet things that are clever. They don't always work. Sometimes I think things are funny that are not funny. Sometimes I think things aren't funny that are funny. Sometimes I think something will resonate when it doesn't. I think about every time I tweet, will this resonate, will it not? Because I want the dopamine. I want the likes. I want the retweets. I want the comments. I want the follows. 
I admit it. Social media junkie. Why do I not worry? The reason I don't worry about being fired and canceled is because I don't find any humor. I don't find any possible resonance in putting down other people for something that is not business related. If Maria Taylor, if Maria Taylor is a bad sideline reporter, I'm more than happy to tweet that and to say why. And then to have a discussion with if you think she's good and I think she's bad, why is she good? Why is she bad? Then you make your decision. Not going to make fun of her clothing choice. That's not relevant. What's relevant to me is the work product. When we were preparing for this show, when it came to this segment, Coco wanted me to read one of his favorite quotes. And I'm going to do it because it's exactly on point to what we were talking about. In moments of high emotion, if the next thing you're going to say makes you feel better, then it's probably the wrong thing to say. That's the story of my life. That's why I take the 30 minutes. That's why I told Steve Ballmer to take the three days. Because when you're emotional, you cannot be rational. And if you're me, you want to be rational at all times to a fault. I don't know, Coke, in this example, whether Dan McNeil felt better by saying that Maria Taylor is dressed to be in the porn industry. I don't know that made him feel better. Maybe he thought it was clever. To me, that's not clever. And it cost him. The question is, what is the rehabilitation for people who have been canceled? In some cases, it never happens. Dan McNeil will likely get another job at another radio station after a period of time out. Should he? I wanted to do a whole segment on second chances. It's the most complicated question there is. You learn growing up, everybody deserves a second chance. Everybody deserves a second chance. Your parents tell you, your teachers tell you. What they don't tell you is there are certain things that you do where you don't get that second chance. Certain crimes, you don't get a second chance. Certain things that you said to offend your partner, your significant other, your children, your parents. Sometimes those last for decades. You don't get a second chance. Who decides when someone gets that second chance? What the timing is of the punishment? It's not our legal system. Our legal system is very clear on federal sentencing guidelines. It's the subject of a great discussion. We reviewed a movie talking about the federal sentencing guidelines and how they were adding to the systemic racism that exists and social inequality. But when it comes to this culture of social media and the cancel culture, as I've heard it's called, I don't even know what that means, Coca. Cancel culture is when people say something wrong and then they're, they lose their job. Where is it written? Who's making the decisions? Do we want people's free speech to be quashed to the point where they're scared to say anything? Here's where I draw the distinction. 
If you're talking about politics, I'm in. If you have a view that you are very conservative and you've got a platform, go ahead. If you're very liberal and you have a platform, go ahead. If you run a sports team and you have a platform, go ahead. You want to talk about things that mean a lot to you, whether it's the abortion issue, defunding the police, COVID-19, crime and punishment, economic sanctions, redistribution of wealth, taxes. Pick your issue. Give me your view. If you get canceled because you have a view different from others, then I don't believe that that should ever happen. And you will get a second chance. Somehow we have grown into a society where if you do something racist, sexist, misogynistic, the second chances don't come. We have finally gotten to a point where we have figured out that having an opinion that differs from other people may be unpopular, it may be impossible to hear, but that is the essence of our freedom of speech, freedom of expression. That's the Constitution. Where you don't get to hide behind the Constitution is when you talk about people in a way where there's nothing they can do to defend it or change it. If you talk to me about your political point of view, I can defend mine, you can defend yours, and you can try to convince me to change, and I can try to convince you to change. If you hate me or do something to me because of my religion or my color, I cannot do anything to change that. And you cannot put me in a position to defend it. If you are a homosexual, a transgender, you have, you cannot change that. You're a woman. Those second chances aren't going to come and they shouldn't. It's been bothering me all day, Coca. It really has. It scares me to death for people I know and love in the industry who may let things slip. That's the excuse always. I didn't mean anything by it. I let it slip. It was nothing but they don't get it. You can never let something slip that wasn't a part of already something inside your brain. And if you know you've got those things in your brain, those feelings about women or men or race, you don't get a platform, even a platform of one. Nothing personal pick of the day we lost. We're 18 and 11. We had the Celtics giving one and a half. The Heat, we say the Heat are going to win the series. After the game last night, I still believe the Heat are going to win the series. The Heat beat the Celtics. Sorry. That was a tough loss. I thought we could cover the point and a half. They just, I, you know, Brad Stevens is supposed to be the greatest coach in basketball. Call a play. Christ's sake. All right, I'm going back to baseball. I'm too annoyed at basketball right now. Of course, there's no basketball game tonight. Jacob DeGrom is pitching against Zach Wheeler in a huge game for the Mets and the Phillies. It's a game you should totally stay away from and not bet. 
But guess what? I don't agree. It's my pick of the day. I'm going to pick Jacob DeGrom until he proves me otherwise. Zach Wheeler is one of the best pitchers in the National League right now, but Jacob DeGrom is going for his third Cy Young in a row. He's got stiff competition from Hugh Darvish and Trevor Bauer. This is a critical start for the Mets as they try to find a way in these last 12 days to make the playoffs. Let's go Jacob DeGrom. All right, Coca, we got time. Let's go. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. Yes, you do. Get into my Twitter, David P. Samson. You want to ask me questions? You want to talk to me? I'm all in. Someone wrote that they wanted me to talk about the bubble. I like talking bubbles. I like making bubbles. I like blowing bubbles. MLB is going into a postseason bubble. Yeah, we have that. On August 12th, I gave you a wait to see. I do a wait to see every show. When I say something's going to happen, if it happens, I'll revisit it. If it doesn't happen, I'll revisit it. I'm not one of those guys here on Nothing Personal. This show, if you're looking for a show where they say a bunch of crap and they say whatever they want and they ignore what they've said, and then they do the show the next day as though they didn't say what they said and totally changed their mind because the situation or circumstance changed. I'm not your show. On August 12th, I said MLB will play in a postseason bubble, and they are. That's a yes. They announced it yesterday. It's going to be taking place in California in the middle of the wildfires, both at Dodger Stadium and at Petco Park and in Texas at Globe Life Field, the new ballpark for the Texas Rangers. Globe Life Field is hosting a World Series in their first season. How exciting is that? Of course, the Texas Rangers won't make the playoffs. How depressing would that be to build a stadium? I'm trying to imagine if Marlins Park opened in 12, we had the crappiest season ever. We signed all these guys. We had high expectations. We thought it was going to be great. And then MLB calls and says, listen, I know it's not going to be you guys because you stink, but do you want to host the World Series? And I would say, hell yeah, here's our expenses. We want those paid plus revenue, profit. The Texas, Texas Rangers team will make a profit by hosting the, the, the LCS and the World Series as well. They should. Their building's gone empty for a full season. Rob Manfred announced there could be, there could be fans in the stands come the league championship series and the World Series. That would be important. But that is not the most interesting thing that happened from the bubble. The announcement came yesterday. Rob Manford met the media. There's been a lot of talk about runner on second base to start the extra inning game. That will not be the rule in the postseason. Three batter minimum for the relief pitchers. That will be a rule in the postseason. Universal DH. That will be a rule in the postseason. Expanded playoffs where mediocre, below 500 crappy teams are going to make the playoffs and have a chance to upset the best team. You will have a national league team, mark my words. Not a wait to see. I'm not prepared for that at the moment. I really could, Coca. We're going to do a double wait to see right now. The number eight seed plays the number one seed. 
The Dodgers, in theory, are going to be the one seed or the Padres if the Padres catch them. They're going to play the eight seed, which is the second wild card, which is the two best records after the top two teams in each division of the league make the playoffs. So you've got the Padres and Dodgers in the West. Right now, the Marlins and Braves in the East. You could have a team like the San Francisco Giants playing the Dodgers in the first round. Or you could have a team like the Marlins with their amazing rotation. The Dodgers would then be subject to lose two out of three to the Marlins, which could easily happen. MLB said the expanded playoffs are here to stay. What he didn't say is that we're going to do two out of three and have one versus eight, two versus seven next year. So what he didn't say was very telling. Because they got to see how it works if you're an owner. Because there are going to be enough owners to block an approval. Because if you're a big market owner and you lose in the first round, you're not voting for that. You want to buy. You deserve a buy. That's why you play to win. Right now, what are they playing for? You'd be seated second, first, third. What's the difference? If you're in the top four, you get to host the two out of three. And then you go into the bubble. And there have no fans anyway in the first round, they already said. Then they announced the schedule for the league championship series and the division series and the world series. And I thought I read it wrong. There are no off days in the division series. Five straight days if the, if the series goes five. No off days in the LCS League Championship Series. There used to be an off day after game two and after game five. Now there's no off days. There will be off days after game two of the World Series and game five of the World Series, but no off days in the LCS. You know what that means? You better have a deep as hell rotation or you're totally screwed. You can't just have three starters. It's not going to work that way. Just think about if you are the Marlins. You're going to get to throw Sixto Sanchez, follow it up with Sandy Alcantara. You're going to have to go four deep. The Rays, do they have four starters? The White Sox? Dodgers? Cubs? Let's think about that. Do you have to go five starters deep? If you only go four starters deep in a seven-game series without off days, that means games five, six, and seven will be started by pitchers on three days rest. Three games in a row on three days rest. Or you've got to go starting pitcher going game one and game five. Or game one and game six is really what it is without days off. With days off, you could have the starting pitcher go game one and game five and have regular rest. Now to get regular rest, they have to start game one and then again in game six and game seven is the next day. It used to be that your number one starter could come in in a game seven like Josh Beckett did and give you some innings when he had pitched two days earlier on one day rest. Losing the off days is a big problem for teams with medium to low payrolls. You just wait. My wait to see today is that there will be upsets. You've got one versus eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five. The top four seeds will not advance in the American League or the National League. There will be an upset in each league. 
the playoffs are going to be unreal and I can't wait. And expanded playoffs are going to stay because you know why. It is business. Sorry, Dodgers. It's nothing personal. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.